Praise the Lord and good day to you. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church on a beautiful Monday morning. I've had a fantastic weekend with Pastor Jonathan Botello and the congregation of the House of the Living God there in Austin, Texas this past weekend. Just came home, just fired up and ready to serve God uh, another day. Hallelujah. Just a great congregation there. And, and I must say, they, they, they are very special to me and our ministry here. They're wonderful, uh, encouraging blessings, hospitable, uh, people of love, people of faith. We're learning. We're all learning this, this message of the cross, God's every word dipped in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The gospel throughout the Bible. And I, it's a very special ministry there in Austin to me. Pastor Jonathan and the family of God there they are a part of our Bible ministry. They, they collect offerings to donate for our uh, Bible ministry to inmates that we send seven expositor study Bibles to inmates around in the uh, penitentiary system and some local county jails every week. Seven expositor study Bibles, the whole Bible, not just the New Testament, seven a week. And that's quite costly for a little church, and I'm so thankful for the Lord stirring their hearts to help us do that, and maybe He'll stir your heart, and you can help us do that, and we can jump from seven to ten a week. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt about it. That we've got. Let me just show you where we are right now. These are the requests right now. There's got to be 70 letters here. And seven a week takes care of this, uh, and, it, and it stays uh, somewhere about this right now. But uh, the, we mail seven a week, and I believe with the help of the people of God, such as Pastor Jonathan and the congregation there in Austin and others, we're going to be able to get up to 10 expositor study Bibles every week into the inmates' hands. These inmates are asking for this Bible. They're, they're not just asking for a Bible. They see their buddy with that Bible. They get to check it out and read some of it and study it, and they're, they are asking for that Bible. So we send it to them. I keep a record of every Bible, the inmate who we send it to, where he's located, and uh, just uh, the date that we mailed it. I've got every letter here in a box, and another, a new box I had to start because we already filled one box up. I keep a record of all of that. And so uh, it's something the Lord has given us just and, 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 and desire to, uh, to do a great work through this ministry. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your help. And uh, this is of the Lord. It's of the Lord. He started it, and He is working it and increasing it, and I praise God for all that He's doing. This morning, Hebrews chapter 7, this is part 5 of our Hebrew study, and uh, just loving every minute of it. We're seeing here in Hebrews chapter 7 <clears throat> how the focus is that the priesthood has changed, and it went from a Levitical priesthood, the priesthood after the order of Aaron, the Aaronic priesthood, to a new priesthood. And because the priesthood changed, the law had to change. And we're going to read these things this morning. 
And so, uh, and, and it, these, these are very important things. And if we'll remember, we read in Hebrews chapter 5 that the Lord wanted to share these things with them, but they were dull in hearing, they, 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 and they were given a wake-up call. And, uh, but, he, but he said, I can't, I can't talk about these things because you, you, you can't understand, you can't hear properly as you ought to be hearing by now. And so we find the Lord going on in chapter 7 and, and pouring the truth out anyway. And as we learned from studying, we, we must come to the conclusion that there was some apparently that would awaken unto becoming experiential, living experiential lives in the word of righteousness because that's what the wake-up call is all about. You read the end of chapter 5 and you'll see. And so he goes on and he spills the truth out to those who chose to wake up unto righteousness, unto the going on unto perfection, moving from the milk to the meat. <clears throat> those who, and listen, listen, this is where it's at. You can read this at the end of chapter 5. Those who choose to continue in the experience, not just a pew in a church, not just a chapter a day I've read and I've done my duty. No, the experience of the word of righteousness that causes us now to be able to discern greater between evil and good. Now we know that we've just been making excuses. You know, th this is the answer. This is the answer to why so many people can hear the message of the cross and the gospel preached from the Word of God and still come to the conclusion that everything's not about the cross or, or, or say, well, you know, I know the cross is the right message and just because my preacher doesn't preach it, you know, all, you know I mean, but and, and I, I, this is my church. This is because my friends, this is because they have not reached that level on the meat of discerning between good and evil. We need to understand. That's why they can make those excuses. They've heard it. They, know, they say it's right. Their hearts were touched and stirred by God, but yet they go back and sit under something that is not this message. It's because they've made their choice. They've made their choice. So verse 12 here in chapter 7, for the priesthood being changed... There is made of necessity a change also of the law. When the priesthood changes, the law has to change. Why? Because the priesthood of the Old Covenant was carried out by the law of the Old Covenant. Jesus comes after the order of Melchizedek way back in Genesis before the Levitical priesthood was ever founded and established and functioned under Levi, the Levites, he, he, the, the, the priesthood of Jesus is after the order, Psalms 110 verse 4, declared by God through the psalmist that the, 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 the eternal high priest would be after the order of Melchizedek. And as we've seen here in Hebrews chapter 7, this Melchizedek that we read about in the book of Genesis uh, chapter 14 and given a greater insight to here in Hebrews chapter 7... He was the king of Salem. 
He was, he was the high priest of God. He was from Salem, more than likely Jerusalem. And he was, uh, by interpretation, that name, the King of Peace and the King of Righteousness. Well, that all portrayed Jesus Christ because he is our King of Peace and our King of Righteousness through the offering of his own blood, his own life laid down. Hallelujah. Not animal sacrifices, but his own blood, his own life poured out as the high priest for all the sins of humanity. And when he did that, the priesthood changed. Therefore, the Bible tells us there's also now it's necessary that the law has to be changed because the priesthood of old was carried out by the law of old, the law of Moses and the law of all that was written under the old covenant. But the new priesthood that has a new high priest after the order, not of the Levites, not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek, also ushers in a new law. And again, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It is the law of faith. It is the law of the spirit. It is the law of Christ. All these things are wrapped up in what our high priest did in the offering of himself for us on the cross. Hallelujah. And when that took place, the old was done away with, the Bible says, that the new might be established. Hallelujah. That's good news. So let's read this morning. Verse 13, For he, Jesus, of who these things are spoken, pertains to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance to the altar. And we're going to read it, but Jesus didn't come through Levi. He didn't come through the tribe of Levi, because he would not be a priest after the order of Aaron or the Levitical priesthood. So he came, watch verse 14, for it is evident that our Lord sprang, he was born out of Judah, of which tribe Moses never spoke anything about the priesthood. Judah had nothing to do with the priesthood. And it is yet far more evident for that after the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest. And, and, and so, let's read that again. And yet, <clears throat> it is yet far more evident for that the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest after the order, the likeness of Melchizedek, the one who the Bible says had no genealogy, which he was a man, the Bible says, but in type and shadow, he pointed to Jesus Christ who is eternal. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord, the Bible says, that came from heaven, the last Adam, the Son of God that would give himself for the sins of all humanity as the Lamb of God slain on the cross. Hallelujah. So watch this. Jesus, being born of the tribe of Judah, outside of the old covenant priesthood, begins a new covenant priesthood. Nothing to do with Levi and the Levitical priesthood and Aaron, but only he is after the order of Melchizedek. 
And this is why Melchizedek is so important as portrayed in Genesis as the king of peace, the king of righteousness, the high priest of God who had no beginning, no ending, no genealogy. This is Christ, representative of Christ. So let's read this. Who is made, Jesus, not after the law of a carnal fleshly commandments. The laws were about what we carried out through our flesh, what we were commanded to do. Uh, have no other gods before me and uh, <clears throat> don't lie and don't murder. And you know the Ten Commandments and the laws there written in the Old Covenant. But Jesus comes after the power of an endless life. Look at verse 16. Jesus is made not after the law of fleshly commandments, but after the power of an endless life. Jesus gave his life and nobody else had to come. See, the Levitical priesthood were fleshly carnal men that died and their sons had to take over. They died, their sons had to take over, and it never ended because death. Because of death. Jesus came, gave, offered himself the shedding of his own blood, three days later rose again and has an eternal priesthood. Get this now. Let's read verse 16 again. Who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment which the old covenant priesthood operated under. So he's made after the power of of an endless life. Jesus will never be replaced as the great high priest. Not in 10 trillion trillions of light years from now, you're going to look up, my friend, if you're a Christian, and you're going to see still there, faithful throughout all eternity, which is no end, a high priest that is still the high priest. You need to get this. Jesus is our eternal high priest because he shed his own blood, laid his own life down as the Son of God humbly and obediently gave himself for us at the cross. I believe the more we study God's Word with a look at Calvary, the more we're going to see how faithful our God is, merciful and gracious, loving everything that is to be seen is seen in its greatest manifestation when we look at what happened at Calvary. We need to understand that. I know a lot of preachers think the cross is... Uh, there's a place and a time for the cross, and they're absolutely right. It's in every jot and tittle of this Bible. This Bible bleeds red, my friend. We don't have a problem saying there's a scarlet thread that runs through the Bible. It sounds so spiritual while it is a fact. It is the truth. It is the anointing that runs through this whole Bible, the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And we need to remember that. It's not one message for Easter and another message for, for Christmas and another... No, it's the whole Bible is about reconciliation. I mean, once the man fell in the Garden of Eden, man realized, well, I don't care what I've been given by God and how much dominion I've been given by God and all that I've been blessed with without God, it won't work and I'm a failure. You know, I was thinking the other day, when Adam sinned in the Garden, 
the Bible says that God had to drive him out. I believe, I, I don't know how that happened, my friend, but I don't believe Adam just packed up and said, okay, we'll go. I believe God had to either drag him out of there or God had to cause things to happen, circumstances to make him get out. I, don't, I really don't believe Adam just packed up and walked out because the tree of life is there. And, and, and the fruitfulness of all that God had given him was there. The Bible says God had to drive him out. Thank God that he went with Adam. But I don't think it was a walk in the park, a tiptoe through the tulips for Adam leaving that garden. God had to drive him out of there. And uh, we need to think about these things. Watch this now. This Jesus, in verse 16, was not made after the law of a carnal commandment, although he was born under that law. Galatians tells us that, chapter 4. Jesus was born under that law of a woman to redeem all of those who were under the law. See, Jesus coming to redeem folk from under the law, in and of that, in and of itself, that statement alone lets us know we got to get out from underneath that old law. And yes, my Gentile friends and believers, just because you're not a Jew doesn't mean that you weren't under the law. You were under the law even in our own ignorance. But the Bible says, write this down for those who want the confirmation and want to look at it. Romans chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 talks about us Gentiles being under the law as well. And we proved it by, the, by, by our consciences bearing out, by us excusing sin. Or, 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 or let's, let's go look at it. Let's make sure we get it right. It's very good. Romans 2.14, just so we'll know, we Gentiles were under the law too. Watch. For when the Gentiles, this is Romans 2.14, for when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Watch which show the work of the law written in their hearts. This is lost Gentiles. We show the work of the law written in our hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing. <laughs> if, we're, if we're excusing sin or condemning people for sin. It's just the proof we're still operating under the law of sin and death and the sin nature is dominating us. But when we look to Calvary and put our faith in the new high priest, then we're functioning under a new law and not the old law of sin and death. But he, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of that law. He was, Jesus was born under the law. Let's look at that. You want to look at that? Alright, I'm glad you do. Uh, Galatians, uh, let's get this. Uh, is it chapter... Oh, come on now. Help me out here this morning. Galatians chapter 4. Let's look at it. Here it is. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come... I love that phrase... I love that phrase because God in His eternal plan has the fullness 
of time. When time reaches a full place in God's plan, something happens. Jesus even taught, praise God, this is good, hallelujah. Jesus even taught the fullness of the time of the Gentiles. You got to understand, there is a, this age when God has rejected Israel because they rejected Him and cut them, He's cut them off because they cut Him off. They rejected His Son. So God turns now to the Gentiles and grafts us in, Romans 11, through their unbelief. We've been called and grafted into the true vine. But you got to understand this. Jesus was born, and let me get finish this, there is a closeout of this age. Oh my friend, it's at any second. It's at any second. The rapture is going to take place and all of the Gentiles and even some Jews who've been saved through this 2,000 year period of time, when the fullness of this age, this time happens, God's attention now turns from the Gentile world and turns back to Israel. Now is the time to make sure you are right with God. And that means that you're trusting exclusively in, your hope is exclusively in the Son of God that He sent as the Lamb of God to take your sins away, to be forgiven, and to be found by God daily walking in that salvation with the fruit of that salvation. It's called deliverance. He saved us from a, a destiny of hell. He saved us from a devil who wanted to kill everything about us, hates everything about us. And daily, he's now trying to save us from ourselves because now we are our biggest problems. It gets me, all these people still blaming the devil. If you're blaming anybody but you for your problems, that's the result of operating under the law. Romans 2, 14 and 15. Get When you step back under grace through tr a trust in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, the pure gospel, the first one of the first big billboards on your new journey or your restored journey, if you're a Christian and you've gotten off the beaten path, is that the, the billboard's going to be there. You have been blaming everybody, but you've been your problem. You are your biggest problem. These people may be causing problems, but our response to everything is what's really going to have the worst or the best effect on our heart. Hallelujah. Because that's what God looks at, the heart of man. That's where God deals with us in our heart. Hallelujah. So watch this. Jesus when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman made under the law. Everybody got that? Jesus, although He came and He is now a high priest, now not after the law of a carnal commandment, He had to live under that law. He had to be made, born under that law. He had to live under that law, perfectly walking in righteousness every step of the way. And open, listen, when Jesus humbly and obediently gave himself at Calvary, that was him completing the work of righteousness and opening the door for us to be declared righteous through our faith in that shed blood. And that alone, my friends, not that and something. When you add to the work of Christ at Calvary, you eliminate yourself 
from the grace He offers you there. You need to understand that. People, uh, listen, the Lord through this ministry has helped lots of people. And, and there's lots of people coming out still that, that are learning that when I add to a complete work, I only do that in foolishness, and I tell God from my heart, from my heart I tell God as I add to an already finished work that the cross wasn't enough. My friend, it was enough, and it will always be enough for all the grace in every day that you need for every situation of your life, no matter what that is, He is able and His grace will be found sufficient if you'll look to where Jesus tasted death for you by that grace because it only flows as a river through there. Hallelujah. So back to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 16, Jesus is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, although born under it and having to fulfill it all. He, he, was, not, he was not made after that law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. He's, he's, the, he's the, the great high priest eternally after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 17, For he testifies, you are a priest, Forever, you need to get that, forever after the order of Melchizedek. Why, why is it forever? Because he was tried and put to death, and on the third day he was raised again, and he can never die. He came to die for us, my friend. He didn't come to die for himself. He came to die for us. It was only our sin upon him, not his sin. He had none. If he had sin, if he had sin, he couldn't atone for our sin. He had to be a perfect, righteous, obedient man to bear our sins. And all the garbage that's out there today, it, it, it'll lead you astray if you listen to it. Jesus had to be a perfect, spotless lamb of God without blemish, without fault, without sin to take on on him our sin. And he did that. And on the third day, he was, he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. But think about this. That's what the Bible says. He was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. But he also says that he's the one that had the power to take his life up again because his Father gave him that commandment. You see, the glory of God is found in obedience and never outside of that. In the old covenant, when they uh, uh, Solomon, the new temple was built and they offered sacrifice after sacrifice and prayed, the glory of God filled the temple because of their obedience, which God sees only if one's faith is in the obedience unto death of His Son. Not because I pick something out in the Bible and go do it. That could be me operating under the law of the letter. But if my faith is in the one who already finished and perfected the work of righteousness and opened the door and declared it to me from the cross and that's where I keep my faith, then I'm going to experience the new priesthood under the new high priest where I can continually function in grace and not under the letter. Hallelujah. Everybody okay this morning? For he priest after the order of Melchizedek and this was done, the testimony the, the declaration of this took place by God through the psalmist in Psalms 110 verse 4, let's read it the Lord has sworn and will not repent, that means the Lord has declared it 
and he ain't changing his mind. When God speaks, there it is, and there it will always be. You are a priest forever. I love that word forever. Everything in our life has got a start, a beginning, and an ending. Everything. This day, your meal, I don't care what you put a tag on, my friend. You started, it's going to end somewhere. Your life started, it's going to end. Everything in this life, in this world, has a beginning and an ending, but not our Savior. Hallelujah. He has the life of the eternal high priest. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He is our eternal high priest, the eternal son of the living God. Now, he came as a man to save us. Hallelujah. And he came after the, the, the order. Uh, he would be after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Aaron. You and I, don't get caught up in that Hebraic roots movement who, who looks back and thinks they got to wear the prayer shawl and go through these motions. That's works. That's works. Jesus was born under law of a woman that he might redeem us. That means get us out from under the old covenant law, which now has changed because we're under a new priesthood. That's all right here in Hebrews chapter 7. And see, my friend, the importance of knowing what's written here is of the utmost. And unless we wake up, unless a church wakes up under righteousness, they're not going to get this. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, I want everybody to know this is my Bible study for me, and everybody else just gets invited to come along and be a part of it. Hallelujah. It is for you, but mainly, this is for me. I'm studying, I'm learning, I'm growing, and I want you to follow along with us and, and let the Lord feed you at the table of God where. The only thing it's on, it's the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what the Lord is showing us in the Word of God. That is what we need to light up our path. That is what we partake of in the, the person and the work of Christ, His body and His blood, or we won't find any life. That's what Jesus taught us. Amen. I'm glad you tuned in today. I, I want you to join us if you can every Monday morning, Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time here on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. And Friday mornings, we, 9 a.m. Central Time, we're speaking on now a topic entitled Bible, Faith, and Light of the Cross. We won't do it again this coming week because we'll be traveling to Dublin, Georgia for the Determined Camp Meeting here in 2021. There with Pastor Scotty Williams and the great congregation of Crossway Fellowship. Looking forward to that. That's this coming weekend. Don't forget to go. Don't forget to tune in. If you can't get there, it'll start starts Thursday night. My son Andrew's opening up the first service and, and I'm ministering Sunday morning at 11 o'clock and there's several ministers from Thursday night all the way through Sunday night. You don't want to miss one piece of that because these are ministers God has been able to bring back to a focus of like the Apostle Paul becoming determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. And it's this is going to be the eighth determined camp meeting. So make sure if you can't get there, you tune in and you watch it whenever you can. God's going to do a great work. He's going to say some great things this year. And He does that when the focus is Calvary. Hallelujah. Don't forget to support the ministry here 
If God stirs your heart to do that, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, that's 903-231-5950. Don't run from God stirring your heart to support where the message of the cross is the focus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I just love you. And I appreciate you so much, and uh, especially those of you who are supporting the ministry here. At the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, click on the store, see some products we've got, and uh, order them. We'll get them to you as quick as possible. A lot of good preaching and a lot of good teaching. And I just praise God for all that He's saying and doing in these last few moments of this little bit of time we have left here at the closeout of the time of the Gentiles. God bless you. I'll see you soon. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. God bless you.